This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Listeners, let's talk about sex. S-E-X, baby, you and me. On me going down. Now, you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. If you want that, listen up right now. BlueChew.com is here, and it's ready to save your game in the bedroom. That's blue like the color, Chew.com. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. The performance is perfect. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable... They work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be re- ready whenever opportunity arises. And, buddy, let me tell you, opportunity will arise at any moment's notice. Just last week I was at the bar talking to this girl. She had these nice long legs, and, you know, I kind of thought maybe this could lead somewhere. Luckily I had a blue chew in my pocket, performed like a stallion all night, went three, maybe four hours. I didn't time myself, but it was right around that mark. Ended up just being a sweaty mess, but thank you to Blue Chew for keeping me lasting all night. I, I came a couple of times, but that's neither here nor there. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first free shipment free when you use our special promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code ARMCHAIR, to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Attention, past, present, and future MyBookie players. For this week only, MyBookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congratulations. You've got extra holiday spending money. If you lose, congratulations to you as well. My bookie will give you all of your money back. It's an, a, a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. My bookie welcomes all to come play. So quit waiting around and sign up today. Do you find yourself wanting to sports bet but have lots of questions? Don't sweat it. MyBookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process, and the best part is if you join now, you'll still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign-up offer. Just log on to MyBookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code CHAIR. That's C-H-A-I-R, chair and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll and that's on top of the risk-free bet let me repeat that's guaranteed deposit match and risk-free bet for this week only so if you're true football fan you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by you simply cannot lose Make sure you do your part to support your team this season. Hop on the gravy train and get in on the action with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Boys, it's Jeremy W. Miller. Neil the rebound. Kevin Alley brings it up. Throws it across. Miller for three. Oh, he backed it in. He backed it in. 
over the rebound for his ninth. 18 points, nine rebounds, six Ow. assists. Oh, 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 oh the chicken! Double time! Miles Turner! Yeah! Welcome to the NBA, my friend! Turner sets the screen. Oh, Whoa. Deep. oh, oh no! Oh, no. Right Don't let him throw it down like that! Victor on the deep floor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod Podcast. <laughs> Welcome, episode 72, Born Ready to Pod podcast. You already know the drill by now. I'm Chris Cook. Here with me, as always, Eric Hawk. This is directly after the Pacers defeated the Los Angeles Lakers 105-102 to in Indianapolis tonight. Hawk, how are we feeling after that big Pacers win? Woo! That's all I got to say. Just a, a big woo. I mean, that was just a fun game. I, I called it from the beginning in the pre-blog. I thought we had a chance, and then Anthony Davis didn't play. And it wasn't easy, but we still got that win. Biggest win of the year. Yeah, so uh, the first half really didn't start off the Pacers' way. Um, they were only down by four after the first quarter. They were down by ten there in the second. Uh, but ended up outscoring the Lakers by two points there in the second quarter. And we're only down by two at half. Uh, then they outscored uh, the Lakers in both the third and fourth quarters to win by three. Um, so uh, I think the biggest key tonight was that initial run there uh, by the bench uh, to come in when the Pacers, uh, the starters didn't really come off too hot. Jeremy Lamb, uh, he, you know, didn't score in the first half. Neither did TJ Warren. Uh, so the Pacers were looking for answers. So McConnell came in. I think he gave some really good minutes off the bench tonight. Uh, as usual, uh, the Holiday brothers, they, uh, you know, played like uh, they have here recently. Holiday made his first three of the game. So uh, Justin, that is, made his first three of the game. So that got him going. So Pacers bench, really a big key in my eyes in this win for sure tonight. What do you think? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was basically the Sabonis show. He, he kind of dominated late, and then, you know, Brogdon really brought it home for us. Looking for that guy to seal it down the deal. I think, what, he had seven points in, like, the last three and a half minutes just to really seal the deal. And we can't hit free throws for whatever reason. So I, I don't. I think we're statistically one of the better free throw shooting teams. It just seemed like we were missing just clutch free throw after clutch free throw tonight. 13 for 20. It's not terrible but my god some of those they almost you know just took them and they missed a lot too and our bench specifically i'm just excited man i don't even know what i'm rambling about anymore i mean mcdermott hit a clutch three at a point holiday had 11 i mean these guys these guys played well but overall i'd say sabonis just really had his best game in a while and the Pacers are playing their best basketball over these last four games in my opinion of the year yeah, I'm disappointed. I saw the lines for uh, T.J. Warren and Jeremy Lamb. 13.5 points was set at Jeremy Lamb's uh, player prop for points, uh, and it was like plus odds. So I was like, ooh, that's got to be good money. I didn't bet on it, but he ended up with four. T.J. Warren, you yeah. know, he had plus odds as well, 16.5. The guy averages 18. I thought, you know what, that's, that's fair. I could see T.J. Warren going off tonight, and then he ends up with 12 points all in the second half. Uh, so those player prop bets didn't work out well for me, but I don't care anyways. Uh, I would have I would have bet that money and lost that money, but I did uh, put money earlier in the day before Anthony Davis got ruled out on the Pacers winning this on the money line. So I am feeling pretty damn good about that. That's that's the best news I could hear all day. Do you think Lamb 
cares that he didn't really have a game or because I feel like he's kind of buying in a lot. You know, Justin Holiday took some of his minutes down the stretch. Aaron Holiday got some of those too, probably. So, do you think he really cares? Because you know, he wasn't forcing anything. He was only two for five. Only took one three. He just really wasn't his game. But what do you think about that? Yeah, he really struggled there in the first half. I guess a lot of it has to do with attempts. I'm not sure what the attempts were, but I mean, Lamb only had five shots. He did get in foul trouble, so that was part of the reason. I think he only played eight minutes in the first half. A second half, though, he came out strong. I mean, he played. A, he made a couple good defensive plays. Had a deflection on an alley oop, um, and then. Yeah. Uh, he had that big shot with the shot clock winding down. That was a looked like it was a three, but it ended up being a two pointer. So that was a good play for him. Fifteen total minutes. So yeah, and part of that as well is he had to go back to the locker room. I believe in the fourth quarter, late third quarter, uh, with a sore groin, and he w- didn't return. Oh yeah, forgot about that. So that's that's why he didn't play late in the fourth. But my my bet is that Nate would have stuck. Stuck it with the Holiday brothers in late situations. He likes to play both of them. Uh, Justin Holiday, especially defensive matchups. But, I mean, it just is a big win. I don't care if Anthony Davis played or not. This team, this Lakers team is playing really good basketball. They're 24-4 and now. Um, and LeBron James, I mean, he's having a good season. As usual, doesn't seem to be, you know, aging whatsoever. Um, and, I mean, it's a really good team. Uh, they're going to do probably go deep into the playoffs and with or without Anthony Davis this is a big statement win for the Pacers so with that being said do you think this is the best win of the season so far it's this or the Celtics or the Jazz and I to me you just got any game you can beat LeBron James when he's won 14 on the road big night in Banker's life just a fun game if, if you were there I'm, a, I'm sure I saw the house of highlights kid the kid who created that was at the game and he was tweeting how great the atmosphere was. So it was just a good look all around for Indiana basketball, I think. And I think they said LeBron James is 18 and 23, 18 and 24 now on games in Banker's life. So he always said it was a tough place to play. And, you know, it's it's been proven. So I just love beating LeBron James, man. It's the best thing in the world. It is. Um, and, you know, I think – I mean, there was that time there late in the fourth, and we're just – we're going off the cuff here. Uh, we didn't plan any of this. We just said you want to record after the game, so we did it. So this is completely impromptu. But um, Brogdon at the end of that game, I mean, that was just – you had mentioned, made the point earlier, seven points in however many minutes it was. That big three-point shot, Pacers are down five. Alex Caruso makes a th- go-ahead three. Uh, not go ahead three, but to extend the lead to five points for the Lakers. Uh, Brogdon comes back. I don't know if it was the very next possession or a few possessions later and comes off the Sabonis screen and just drills a three, uh, makes the score 198. So, I mean, that's just big there for the Pacers. They haven't really had a guy this season to make those big clutch shots, and Brogdon has proven he can be that guy. Um, so that was just really good to see. Um, what, what did you think of what you saw from Malcolm in that late game situation uh, today to you know pretty much lift the Pacers to victory there in the final minutes? Yeah, they just stuck to what they knew, you know. And we've always wanted to know what we're going to do in the clutch when it matters. We haven't had a lot of those games, and some of the games we have, we've kind of faltered earlier in the year at least. But we just stuck to the pick and roll, you know. Sabonis was on fire. This is probably we haven't even mentioned Miles Turner, but you know he was three for six from three when he's hitting fifty percent of his threes, 
and grabbing seven boards, you, you know, you'd love to see that. You know, he's worth the money at that point. He's contesting the rim, five for nine overall field goal, just playing solid D. There was a possession against LeBron where he, you know, he was got switched on LeBron. It was LeBron's last shot that he hoisted that three. And, you know, he played incredible defense on him, made him take a contested deep three that he missed. So great game all around from, from Brogdon. And, you know, they just stuck to what worked, the pick and roll. Yeah, and uh, I mean Dwight Howard just a completely resurgent night. He was ten of ten from the field. Uh, he had twenty points, six rebounds. Uh, the guy could not miss. Uh, where he did miss though was at the foul line. He missed three key free throws for the Lakers. I was just suggesting, and then even Quinn Buckner said that you know why don't you just foul Dwight Howard in this situation? The guy can't make free throws. I don't know what his career average is, but it's got to be. 50% or lower. The guy's a horrific free throw shooter and you're taking the ball out of James's hands at that point to not make a play. So, uh, Dwight Howard, big night, uh, you know, from the field for him, 20 points, like I said, 10 of 10 shooting, but he couldn't make a free throw. So, uh, miss free throws, just like for the Pacers, uh, the Lakers shot 47% tonight from the foul line. So, uh, they had some gimmies there and I thought there were some questionable calls, uh, there in the fourth, they got a lot of and ones. I think like three or four in a row, they got a lot of and ones just driving to the rim. So, yeah. uh, the refs were doing a good job keeping the Lakers in the game, but that's to be expected when you're playing against LeBron James. He's going to get those calls. So, um, I mean, I'm just excited. I, I'm very excited. This is a big win. Pacers are now 19 and nine, uh, and they're 12 and three at home this season. The Lakers had won 14 straight away games before this game. So, uh, that's a pretty impressive feat tonight by the Pacers. I, I'm just going to go and say it. It might be recency bias. Definitely the best win for the Pacers this year, even without Anthony Davis. Yeah, absolutely. There's no question about that. Going back to some calls, that one Sabonis out of bounds, or wasn't Sabonis, where Rondo tried to throw it off. I forget who it was, but it was stepping out of bounds. That was a crazy play I thought we weren't going to get for a second. And then there was one where... LeBron got called for a block. I think it was to pick up his fifth foul. No, it was his second foul. So <laughs> it was to pick up a second foul that was clearly a charge that we got late in that game too. So we got a couple calls, but yet definitely them getting those and ones was ridiculous at times. And I, I still think that late game block Miles had that got called a foul that I think they called it on Sabonis at the end of it. But I yeah, still think, you know, Turner might have blocked that. And maybe earlier in the game they don't call that. I don't know. LeBron gets those calls, obviously, but yeah, I'm excited too. What do we got next? What's the schedule looking like coming up? Yeah, so uh, the schedule coming up, they uh, play the Kings on Friday. So that game is at home um, and uh, starts at 7 o'clock. I know that one off the top of my head. I am pulling up the rest of the schedule. I know they play the Bucks right after that. Uh, so like I said, Friday night they play the Kings at Banker's Life. Sunday, going to be a tough one. They play at Milwaukee. Um, so that's going to be a tough one on the road. First time going on the road to Milwaukee this season. Um, and then next week, they have uh, Toronto at home, at Miami, at New Orleans. And then to finish up the year on New Year's Eve, they play the Sixers at home. So a lot of tough opponents coming up on this schedule. Um, this was the first of that you know, string of opponents. People are saying the Pacers haven't beaten anybody really of significance except for a few games. So starting off you know, this 
string of games against this great competition in the NBA, I think is a great confidence booster for them going forward the rest of this month against these uh, tougher teams in the NBA. Yeah, definitely. I'm uh, looking forward to that. The Kings game should be a victory, although they are playing better as of late. I'm just excited, man. Do, do we have any update on Oladipo? I know we talked about it you know, in our group chat. I said all-star break. You thought that was kind of long. We might have brought it up on the last episode, but is it getting weird? It's been another week. We still don't know anything. What do you think about that? Um, I don't think so. I don't think it'll be that long. He's definitely coming back this year. I've seen people freaking out online thinking that maybe he's going to sit out the whole year. That's not going to happen. I think realistically, um, first off, I don't think they're making the move to push him back to play this season or excuse me to, uh, he's not coming back to play for this year for the Pacers is kind of what I'm thinking. His like mindset um, I don't know. Yeah, so, I mean, it's going to take – he's not going to come back right off the bat. Pacers fans need to get their expectations correct here. He's not going to come back right away and be himself right away. If he did, that would be quite miraculous. But history shows us it's going to take him some time, and likely, all likelihood, we probably won't see actual Oladipo until the start of next season. So he's not going to rush back because – he just doesn't want to jeopardize the rest of his career, which is relatively smart. So I think right now, if you asked him to play in a game, he's probably not in game shape yet. So that would probably be the biggest deterrent. But I think, you know, he could probably be very close. I would think realistically, if he wasn't taking his time, I think he could play this month. But like I said, I have no I have no clue. It's not my body. I, I don't know. But I th- I'd say sometime probably middle of January maybe is where I would I would put it um and I don't want to say that the Pacers if they keep winning he can you know extend that because I don't think that's true because he needs to come back and play so he can shake off the rust you don't want him coming back in late March and then the playoffs are coming up because he doesn't have time to get his groove back or anything like that. He's going to be shaking off rust for the first month or so. So I don't think you need to put into consideration how the Pacers perform. Just whenever he's ready, he needs to come back. So if you think that's still the all-star break, I could see it happening. I just I don't I don't really see it happening, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, we're less than two months. February 6th, I believe, is the trade deadline. After these last couple games, we're playing some of our best basketball. We're hoping to get Oladipo back. All these good things we've seen. Is there any move that you envision him making at all? Do you do you see him maybe trying to sign a veteran player like they've done in the past? What are your thoughts on that? I don't. I, I don't think so. I mean, the the yeah. whole the, there was a report that said the Pacers rival executives believe the Pacers will move off Miles Turner. Well, first off, that's not a. That's not a real report because nothing came from the organization. That's just someone asked another executive what they thought, and they said they think that the Pacers will make that move. So that's not really a report there. And if the Pacers were to trade Miles Turner, it's not going to be during the season, um, in my opinion. They're not going to do it during the year. That just wouldn't make much sense to me. I think if they were going to make a move with Turner, it would be in June or July. 
Um, they're not going to do it during the season. So a lot of people think that's the most realistic trade that they could do, and I don't, I don't see it happening this season. Other than that, bench depth pieces, we've seen the last few years as well, the buyout market. Wes Matthews last year, Trevor Booker the year before. Um, I don't see them making a move just because they have so much depth and like a player that you would go after in the buyout market, they kind of already have that guy in Justin Holiday, uh, a guy who can yeah. fill in a veteran player who's really good off the bench, can play multiple positions. So they kind of already have their buyout guy before the buyout market even started. So I don't see them being active if they do make a trade I think it'll be something you know relatively small or maybe they do pick up a player but they have so much depth and they're going to have especially when Oladipo comes back I mean they're going to have tough decisions to make when it comes to the rotation I mean unless they can significantly improve their team which I don't see them doing during the season I don't see them doing anything yeah I, uh, I kind of agree do you think any team would have any interest in uh TJ Leaf. I know, I think his contract's expiring after this year, so probably wouldn't be worth it to do anything to get him. But do you think that has any kind of value, young power forward for some of the team? Um, he actually got his option picked up before the year, so he does have one year left uh, on his okay. deal. So if the Pacers don't do anything with him, they have him for another season. Um, he might be worth a flyer for a really bad team, say like the Cavaliers or something like that, that, you know, they have – they have plenty of playing time to go around and they give him, yeah. you know, 20 to 25 minutes a night. They want to suck. They want to keep losing, but then they can see what he can do with, you know, that many minutes every night. And I could see a really bad team trading for him. A contender isn't going to trade for him. He can't even crack the Pacers rotation. So uh, if, yeah. if anybody's going to make that move for Leaf, it's going to be a, a, a really shitty ass team. Yeah, that's what I was assuming as well. Any other thoughts on this game, upcoming games? Uh, any other Pacers talk? Um, I would just say, you know, enjoy the win first, Pacers fans. I mean, I know uh, there's been a big knock on level of competition, uh, who the Pacers have beaten this season, but uh, they've competed in a lot of these games, um, and I've really enjoyed watching this team ever since – uh, not since day one of this season. The first three games were pitiful to watch, but ever since that Brooklyn win, this team has been a load of fun to watch. Um, they've competed in games. Uh, they should have beat the Houston Rockets in Houston. Um, so, I mean, they they should have beat the Sixers in Philly. So they, they played that game tough, um, and they're only going to get better when Oladipo comes back and gets to form. So, um, I would just say enjoy this win. Um, a win is a win, but when you win against LeBron James, it's extra satisfying. Um, so we have the rest of the week off until Friday. Um, so enjoy this for the next few days. If you have some Lakers fans that are friends of yours, give them shit the rest of the week. It's a good week. It really is. And <clears throat> Yeah, and then, uh, you know, we got the Kings on Friday. Should be a win. Uh, I believe the Kings, and I'm going to check the scoreboard right now. Because I know, they just lost to yeah. So they just lost to the Charlotte Hornets in Charlotte, uh, and so the Kings. Um, I mean, they they're very average team. They lost by eight in Charlotte to uh, uh, to the Hornets. So and they're six and ten on the road. So they're not doing too hot on the road. Um, and I think I think uh, what's his name? 
um, De'Aaron Fox. He might be close to a return. I don't think he'll be back for the Friday game. But also another thing to look out for, the return game on Friday, Corey Joseph back to Indy. Um, yeah, it says Fox played 19 minutes tonight. Had uh, No, he played 30 minutes tonight off the bench. Had 19 points, excuse oh. me. But, yeah. Yeah, he Corey did Joseph. I don't even see him. Oh, there he is. He started. Yeah. In 21 minutes, Corey Joseph had two points, two turnovers, and five assists. So there you go. Corey Joseph revenge game coming in hot. Yeah, and that's why I missed that because I didn't even see Fox coming off the bench. So, yeah, he has come back, so he likely will be playing Friday night. Um, so, But I, I still see the Pacers winning that game. Uh, Milwaukee, that's going to be a tough game on Sunday. I don't necessarily sing the Pacers pulling that one out. Um, it's tough to win there, and I mean they just won 18 games in a row. But the Mavericks did beat them in Milwaukee the other night without uh, Luca, so it is doable. Um, but they are tough to beat. Um, and then Toronto as well next week. That'll be a big game at home. And then I'm interested to see on the schedule coming up playing against the Miami Heat. The Heat have I think overexceeded expectations this year. Um, they are currently 19 and eight, so they're half game above the Pacers, um, and they've dealt with some injuries and other things like that. But I think they've overexceeded expectations. What about you? I haven't really watched many of their games, but oh. I think uh, just the way they drafted Tyler Harrow has played really well for them. A rookie, no one really expected that much of, and Duncan Robinson's had had games where he just shoots the lights out. So those two guys, particularly. And then Bam, you know, he, he's going to be battling for an all-star spot against Sabonis, I think, at the end of the day. Those two are very similar in the way they play, and Bam's really, you know, exceeded expectations as well. So it's kind of a perfect storm for them, and they're playing really well right now. But, you know, that's a team I think that we can compete against and beat and, you know, be ahead of in the seeding as well at the end of the day, if, if I had to guess. Yeah, and the interesting thing, I'm looking at the standings right now in the East. Uh, Philadelphia, currently the two seed, 20-8 and eight is their record. Um, and from there to the Pacers, still at six, uh, the Pacers, there's a one-game difference. So the Pacers are one game behind Philly for the uh, two seed. Um, and they're actually, it's, uh, wow, this is kind of strange. So there's like a three-way tie. Uh, the Pacers still listed at six, so uh, that's a very strange way to have it set up. Uh, maybe it's because of the divisions. I don't know. I'm very confused right now. But anyways, the moral of the story is these teams are very close right now, battling through that two through six. So another couple more wins for the Pacers. They could very well uh, be in that two or three spot by themselves over the next couple of weeks. So can, yeah. all things considered – all things considered with, uh, you know, how, how things have went to start off the year and Oladipo and everything like that, I, I definitely would take that 10 times out of 10. So, um, speaking of, that's all I got for the game, but do we want to do around the association before we wrap up this episode or? Uh, it's up to you. I mean, we got to give the people what they want, right? I guess, I guess you're right. I guess we do. <laughs> So we'll just do this on the fly. Hawks bringing up the music. Um, we don't have yeah, yeah. we don't have very many topics tonight, so it's not going to take too long. I saw uh, for the NFL at least the All Star got 
or not Pro Bowl got released, and Colts had what seven alternates. Uh, I don't know if they were alternates. I think didn't Darius Leonard just make it? Yeah, I think he did. But then I think Jacoby is an alternate over Kenny Moore, which was interesting. I know people were complaining about. So before you before you start that, talk about the Colts real quick. Oh man, I mean it's kind of what we all five and two. We were a little you know punch drunk, I think, and thought, wow, this could really be something. You know, Jacoby's all right, and then I think ever since we wrote that blog about the Colts pre or the Colts preview against the Texans, ever since I wrote that, they haven't won a game. So I think we <laughs> might have cursed them at the end of the day. Yeah, they are one and uh, six, or yeah, they're one and six since they were five and two. That's just, yeah. that's pathetic. Um, so kind of the opposite of what happened last year. Honestly. Yeah. I, just Brissett has not, he looked, I'm not saying he looked like a stud in the first few games, but ever since that injury in the Steelers game, he has not looked the same. And if you look at these things on Twitter, like the paused freeze frames guys that he's missing, he's like totally just targeting one guy and he's just completely missing. Like Jack Doyle was the example last night. Uh, he was completely wide open, and he didn't even look at him. So a lot. Yeah, it's got to the point where you know Reich said Jacoby's his guy. We heard that in the broadcast last night. They talked about that a little bit. But you know, if you lose to Will Greer, run Panthers next week. I think that goes out the window. I think there's a legit shot. Maybe we draft someone late. And Jacoby's still the guy next year. You never know what could happen. Maybe he gets injured. Maybe this new guy is really good. But, you know, if you lose to the Will Greer run Panthers at home, even though we have nothing to play for, they don't really either. It's just kind of a hodgepodge game that, you know, you're just trying to sell tickets to. If you can't win that game, I, I think you really got to consider, you know, a quarterback in the first round. I don't know, though. It'll be interesting. I know that's all we're going to hear for the next couple weeks. Next couple months, actually, is just draft Twitter going crazy. So I'm sure we'll get all the takes out there and see them all soon. I did read an interesting Andrew Luck conspiracy today. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't want to get your hopes up. but well, let's hear it. Well, it was just from some random guy on Twitter, and he's probably got 10 followers. I don't remember his name, but uh, he theorized that Luck wanted to take the whole season off. And rather than uh, him just the Colts just announcing him out for the year, because since it was so close to the season, rather than the Colts just announcing him out for the season, they uh, talked with him and he agreed to retire. So then that way it wouldn't take a year off of his contract. And so. In return, they gave Brissett a pretty friendly deal, a two-year deal, and uh, he was going out there this year to show other teams what he had, and they could trade him in the offseason when Andrew Luck decides to come back to the Colts. Does that sound interesting, or does it just sound like a desperate guy like you and I who's trying to find hope in a bleak place? That's that's the most desperate thing I've ever heard. <laughs> That's not that's not even remotely true, and if it is, I, it's I don't even like it. If it is really, I mean, 
Uh, does it? Is it even true that it takes up a year? Doesn't take up a year of his contract? Is that even true? Yeah. So if he decided to come back, I believe the Colts still have his rights for whatever his contract was. I don't not a hundred percent on how that works, but so for example, had he sat out the year and didn't retire, he would have been paid, and it would have been a year off of his contract. With retirement, it doesn't it count. Uh, towards his contract anymore. So, anyways. Man, I just I hate Andrew. I hate talking about Andrew yeah. Luck. I just can't do it. It makes yeah. me want to throw up. Yeah. Um. All right. Go ahead and start the music. Do your intro, and let's get this show wrapped up. All right. Here we go. It is time for around the association. Presented by. All right, first up here, ex-NBA Commissioner David Stern is said to be in serious condition and surrounded by loved ones after experiencing a horrible setback after undergoing emergency brain surgery. Stern, age 77, retired from the NBA in 2014 after serving as NBA commissioner from 1984 to 2014. Uh, Stern, most notably known for, um, you know, he's not known pleasantly by our friend David Harrison, but um, he also did the suspensions from the brawl, was said to have meddled in the Patrick Ewing draft. Um, But he did do some good things for the league, so it's sad to hear, uh, but what, do you think about the news that came out? Cause he is getting up there in age. Yeah. It's sad to hear. And uh, there's nothing really else to say. I don't think uh, David Stern is David Stern. So I got one next uh, jazz fan banned over taunting incident Sue's team. So apparently if you remember last year, there was a guy that Russell Westbrook got into a conflict with in Utah. And uh, this guy is suing, for a public apology, $68 million for himself and $32 million for his girlfriend over a little verbal incident that happened on the court. So that is hilarious to me. This guy just said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go for $100 million. So say that again. Sorry, I was kind of dozing off there. What exactly did he do again? Because I wasn't – I can't remember. So there was a fan – at the Utah Jazz game, it was him and his girlfriend, and they were sitting there, and Westbrook claims that he yelled some racial slur at him. Ah, yes. So Westbrook told him, yada, yada, yada. I don't even remember what his words were. Westbrook was fined 25000 for the NBA. The Jazz banned that fan for life. Now that fan's coming back and suing for $100 million and a public apology. Oh, I mean, you know... The guy, I remember him. He looked like a complete douchebag. Uh, you know, he he doesn't have anything else he can do with his life now. He's he's banned from jazz games, uh, and he might as well try for it. He's not going to win shit, but, um, you know, uh, best of luck to him, I guess, but not really best of luck because he's a douchebag and he's going to lose. So, yeah. All right, uh, next up, starting center for the Suns, DeAndre Ayton is returning from his 25-game suspension. Uh, the Suns are currently being a competitive team. They're 11-15 and 15 in the Western Conference. Uh, their front court has included Aaron Baines, Frank Kaminsky, and Dario Saric. Uh, the former number one pick 
Coming back to the Suns, uh, do you think this puts the Suns into playoff contention in the West, getting him back? I do not, just because they're 11 and 15 right now. They start off the year hot. You know, they'd have to get hot again when, you know, go on like a 7 to 10 win streak just to be back even in the conversation. I, I don't see it. I think they've kind of, they're going to kind of fizzle out. You know, the Mavericks have kind of taken their spot, but even Doncic is out a couple weeks with a right ankle sprain. So, you know, anything's possible, but I, I just don't see it. Yeah, I would agree. Um, last better than last year, we can all agree. Yes, that's for sure. Um, they've always been the laughing stock, but at least they're close to 500 for, you know, for once in their lives. Um, last topic here, NBA trade season rumors are upon us. The December 15th restriction date uh, for free agents, etc., has passed. Um, so players are being dangled out there early and being made available. Uh, two other teams, most notably some names include Drew Holiday of the Pelicans, Kevin Love of the Cavaliers, Chris Paul of the Thunder, and many more names have also been discussed. What are some interesting things that you've read up on um, or players that you think are most likely to be dealt this season? Um, Chris Paul is interesting just because, you know, he can still provide something, but his contract is just so ridiculous. I'm trying to think of a good team Chris Paul could thrive on. Maybe that needs a point guard, but, you know, can't really think of it at the top of my head but you know all these guys they're kind of older they've got bad contracts Kevin Love's not terrible but you know still the money and I think he's got three years left guaranteed for Kevin Love so that's gonna be one of the harder contracts to move I think and he's making 30 some million dollars Drew Holiday is the one that's the most interesting if they're really considering it I don't know why they would you know maybe they just want to see what they can get for him, keep building, getting younger. But I think Drew Holiday is the one that has the most potential that you've mentioned. But have we talked at all what's going on in Cleveland? Side note, I mean, half the team is with the new coach. I feel like half isn't. So I feel like they would need to make some kind of changes. Either Beeline gets, you know, one year and he's done. If they can't move these contracts, or they're going to have to move some of them. Tristan Thompson as well. So. Yeah, I, think, on that. I think the Cavaliers need to make the commitment to go fully young. Um, Beeline probably appeals more to the younger guys on the team, uh, you know, Garland and uh, Sexton uh, and, you know, the other guys on the team. Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, they've been there for years. They won a championship. They're veteran players. They don't want to sit through any more rebuilds. They want to win. And so I think that those guys – they need to move off those guys. Uh, it might be easier said than done, but um, they need to make the decision to f- go full tank mode, full young guys, and then Beeline can try to work his magic. But if you keep those veteran guys in the locker rooms, I think they're just going to continue to have problems uh, there in Cleveland. Yeah, Tristan Thompson's a guy I think that would help the Celtics a lot. You know, Ennis Cantor is one of the worst defensive big men in the league, and what Ennis can or what a uh, you know, Tristan Thompson can bring is a little different. So I think that's something that might happen, but who knows? NBA trade deadlines always crazier than we think at this point of the year. So teams will falter off and sell. It'll, it'll be interesting. It always is. Yep. So uh, that's all I got for around the association. You got anything else you want to make sure we hit on? Uh, Not at this time. No. All right. Well, 
That's going to wrap up episode 72 of the Born Ready to Pod podcast. Uh, I think this is the first game. From, oh, no, it's not. We've done after playoff games. But anyways, uh, big win for the Pacers here tonight against the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, I don't care what any Lakers fans say. Before the game, they were saying, no, Anthony Davis, no problem. We'll take care of the Pacers. We still got LeBron. After the game, they're saying, uh, we didn't have Anthony Davis. That's why you won. So screw Lakers fans. We beat you tonight. Good win um, for the Pacers. And I'm looking forward to more big wins coming up here in the next few weeks uh, over the holiday season. So uh, that'll wrap up this episode of the podcast. And we hope you guys have a great rest of your week enjoying this Pacers victory tonight. We'll see you guys later. See ya.